Oh, okay. So before we start the actual recording thing, um, Jack, I had the idea. Um, I want to do this episode by rebooting, or no, by Maleficentizing Ursula. From The Little Mermaid? That's the one. Okay. That was my idea. Um, sure. I think that sounds cool. Okay. Well, that's been our episode of Rewriting History. <laughs> Maleficent, <laughs> but with Ursula. Yeah. <laughs> Keep telling your stories. Keep telling your stories, yeah. Hello, fa <laughs> hello, fantasy and horror fans, and welcome to Scares and Satire, Swords and Satire's annual Halloween spooktacular uh, event, I guess, is what we call it. Month-long event. <laughs> A month of scary, spooky stories in the forms of movies, and also this podcast. Anyways, I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mogul. I'm Chelsea Hollowell. <laughs> A unicorn. Not in that way. Not in the way you're thinking of unicorn. The mythological creature, the yes. unicorn. Yeah. Right, a, a woman who will have a three-way with no, you. No, the no, mythological no. That's creature. That's not the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, the horse that likes virgins. I <laughs> Yeah. Except that, you know, I'm not so picky. Um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I've got a rainbow mane and tail, though. You know, you gotta you gotta go that way. That's a good style. That's a good look. Yeah. And I'm uh, Jack Olander. Your local neighborhood aswang. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's fucking scary, dude! If you call yeah. me an aswang, I swear <laughs> to God... <laughs> There will be a visitation by the local Aswang uh, if yeah. you call them an Aswang, that's Look, for sure. That's the first way to get killed. Rule number one of Aswangs, don't eat your neighbors. But if I hear that Aswang joke one more time, oh boy. You're oh dead. You're are, dead. Are we in danger? We just made a joke about it. No, no, we're making a joke about people who say it. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, guys, it's that time of the month. <laughs> We've, uh, our cycles have synced and we found ourselves on a Saturday. <laughs> it is that time of the month. Well, guys, it's that time yeah, of the I. month. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's one of those weeks. What type of week is it? <laughs> Keep going. It's one of those weeks where instead of a regular movie episode this week we're going to be rewriting history based on the movie we talked about last week and that movie was maleficent wow it's about a fairy queen who loses her ability to love and finds it again in about 90 minutes right hmm. it's also a retelling of the iconic disney film i always say snow white but i know it's sleeping beauty but my, my brain always tells me that it's Snow White. Yeah, it's Sleeping Beauty. 
you know, 15 years, 90 minutes, you know, tomato, tomato. I mean, for a, a, for basically an eternal fairy, like, yeah. Right. So, Jamie, you have an alternate idea and you want to shake things up a little bit for our, our rewriting history episode this week, right? I do want to do that. So normally for rewriting history, what we do is we come up with a sequel, a reboot, or a spinoff for the movie we talked about. And sometimes we get a little creative. And I wanted to get a little creative with this one, too, because there's already a sequel to Maleficent. We haven't seen it, but I don't want to step on the toes of that. But what I do want to do is I want to give the Maleficent treatment to another quote-unquote evil Disney character who I think needs redemption. And who is that character, you ask? Who would possibly be a larger-than-life villain? Jamie, who is that character? (laughs) Should I ask also? Sure. (laughs) Which character is it? (laughs) The character that I want to give the Maleficent treatment to is, drumroll please, Ursula. That's right, that Ursula from The Little Mermaid. You said it right. What? I said what right? All of it. (laughs) Why wasn't I going to say it right? Well, I just figured you were going to say the wrong original movie. Like you keep saying for all of these things. (laughs) Ursula, the the iconic villain from Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really hate that Ursula. She's always trying to kill those Dalmatians to turn them into a jacket. (laughs) You know, I can kind of actually picture her in both of those movies. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I really can't stand her hook hand. And how she's so mad at that whale or whatever who ate her hand. (laughs) Crocodile. (laughs) And whenever she lies, her nose grows. I hate Ursula. You know, I I do have to say, Poor Unfortunate Souls does remind me kind of of an evil version of You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me. Yeah. You poor unfortunate souls. Yes. Oh, is that a line from the movie? It's true. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That's her song. (laughs) About the polyps. Ew. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to all that. But let's go ahead and talk about why I think, and maybe we think, Ursula makes a good villain to rehabilitate and give the Maleficent treatment to. Get that redemption arc. Yeah. So for those of you who maybe haven't seen Maleficent or just haven't seen it in a while, it takes the classic story of Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty and kind of turns it on her, on its head by framing Maleficent as more of a sympathetic character who's been wronged, who lashes out, but then seeks redemption for her actions and ends up gaining the love of Aurora, the titular Sleeping Beauty from the classic film. Yes, very well put. And succinct. If you want a longer summary, you can listen to our episode from last week. That's right. But hey, Chelsea, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Little Mermaid? A 
little bit about the Little Mermaid <laughs> before. <laughs> That's gonna sound weird. A little bit about the Little Mermaid. <laughs> so a little bit about what, the Little Mermaid. Yeah. So, Chelsea, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Little Mermaid? Just to <laughs> remind listeners. A mermaid little, little mermaid, mermaid little. <laughs> little bow mermaid. <laughs> little mermaid. Okay, so I was supposed to tell people about The Little Mermaid, right? A little bit about The Little Mermaid. Okay. A mermaid little. <laughs> La Petite Mermaid. <laughs> what? It was just funny because it was in part French, part English. <laughs> well, what is mermaid in French? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, there was a mermaid. She was she's little. The, <laughs> she's a, she's a, a Disney princess now. She uh, one of the iconic ones from our youth, Chelsea and I. That's true. Her father is Triton, the king of Atlantia. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, she wants to join the human world. She has an obsession with being human. What's wrong with living under the sea? <laughs> Her companion, her uh, vizier, uh, Sebastian, would say. Um, her father, Tri King Triton, wants all of his merfolk to stand under the water and leave the humans to the land. Um, Isn't it weird? I mean, because can't she, like, breathe water and air even before she gets her legs in the movie? Yeah, they never ex bother explaining that. I think it's just magic. Or, I mean, is she more like a frog than a fish or a human? Uh, Maybe. Salamander tail. She's an now amphibian. That's a good mermaid. <laughs> and this is not like the mermaid from the lighthouse, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Not that I know of. <laughs> so, she meets a prince from the land folk. What's his name again? Eric. Prince. The, the land folk. Those scummy land dwellers. Yeah. Uh, Prince Eric. Uh, she saves him from drowning at one point. They fall in love. She makes a pact with Ursula, the this basically sea witch. She's kind of like a wise woman, but she's looked down upon and kind of exiled. For being a wise woman. For being a powerful woman, I would say. Yeah. And uh, she makes a pact with Ariel in the original version. Uh, she has three. She takes her voice. Ariel has three days to win over Eric's heart. And if she fails, then Ursula gets to keep Ariel's voice, which she has this beautiful singing voice. And uh, Ariel will become a polyp, kind of like a barnacle in uh, Ursula's lair. That was like a sea slug. Kind of, maybe. But they're, like, attached to the wall. Yeah. Anyway, Bottom so, um, eaters. there's a large middling section of the movie where Ariel and Prince Eric are kind of courting. And she's living in the palace with him, and she's trying to woo him. And, uh, so Ursula's kind of watching her the whole time, and once she feels like Ariel might succeed. She intervenes and turns herself into a human woman, a buxom 
lit, uh, maid. Ooh. And she steals Ariel's voice so to trick Prince Eric into thinking she's the woman who saved him. And her name is Vanessa in this guise. And so she starts to woo the prince in Ariel's stead. Uh, what else happened? She curses Eric so that he forgets about Ariel. That's right. Uh, then, uh, the, and then they fight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Ariel, um, is turned back into a mermaid. Ursula takes her to her lair and she's going to turn her into a polyp. Her, uh, Ariel's father somehow finds out King Triton. He comes to save her. Uh, and agrees to be turned into a polyp in Ariel's stead in exchange for giving Ursula his power, and she takes his trident and his crown. And she enlarges and biggins herself. (laughs) (laughs) Much like uh, our favorite Marvel character, Kamala Khan. And by this point, Prince Eric has seen through her guise and, and knows that Ariel is the woman that he was dreaming about and everything and so he fights ursula rams her with a ship (laughs) damn yo and uh you know she kind of dies a horrible death with with a lot of lightning though it's pretty cool and that's pretty cool i hope when i get rammed with a ship (laughs) there's a lot of lightning too (laughs) when she dies all of the the beings that were turned into polyps revert to their original state king triton resumes his throne over Atlantia and Air- he uh decides to let Ariel live as a human he he has a soft spot in his heart for uh, her she's his youngest daughter and um so she's like the baby of the family he can't say no to her he lets her live as a human on the land with prince eric they she and prince eric get married they ride off into the sunset together sailing together prince eric's like a sailor he loves being on the sea the end he's a dedicated seaman yes with many seamen at his beck and call that makes sense right well guys why don't we now rewrite some history So, this alleged Little Mermaid story sure sounds like it's coming from the perspective of King Triton, doesn't it? And the patriarchy. Yeah. Boo. Boo, I say. <laughs> Come on. I, I think what you were going to say before, Jamie, is uh, before I so rudely interrupted you about needing some key takeaways about the movie... <laughs> You were gonna talk. Yeah, I was about... just gonna skip into that context bullcrap. <laughs> you, it seemed like you were starting to talk about Ursula's qualities, and like we could define some of her qualities, and yeah. then put, then reimagine this movie. Well, I also wanted to point out what I thought was an important point that Ursula has, I think, really developed a lot of cultural cachet, and I think a sympathetic fan base yeah. towards her, and I think. I mean, I I know there's a lot of reasons for that because she's a a fascinating villain. But I think one of the things that makes her interesting is maybe what was 
intended to be a dig, I don't know, by the original creators, where Ursula has a lot of qualities associated with, like, drag performance. Yeah. And I think that that, I don't know, like, my guess is that was that was probably supposed to be some kind of, like, negative quality by the intention of the creators. I, I don't know for a fact. That's just a guess. But I think that, in a way, Ursula has become this iconic she villain has, in part because of that. I think you're right. She has this grand style about her in terms of her clothing, her makeup and hair, and her mannerisms. And in the way she sings, she's a performer. Yeah. And, like, do a lot of the classic Disney villains sing? Or is that a newer trend where the villains get a song? These days, I don't think... At least in the newest movies, I don't think the villains actually do get songs. I think it's more like in the middle era, the villains got songs. Right. Okay, so that was like the Little Mermaid. Uh, does Scar have a song? I don't yeah, remember. Scar has a song. I mean, it's yeah. mostly the hyenas who are singing it, but he chimes in. Cruella Deville has a song about her. Yeah. If she doesn't scare you, nobody will. No evil thing will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that that is, you know, possibly one of the reasons why Ursula has developed this dedicated fan base. Obviously, appearances in Kingdom Hearts has been, have been important um, for, you know, audiences that are familiar with those games. There's that new Disney board game Villainous that's really popular where you actually play as villains, kind of conniving and scheming to be the best villain. You're just making me imagine. I I was having like a side conversation in my head. Sorry. Um, you should have those uh, out loud so the audience can hear. You you said Cruella Deville, and I was just imagining her as a sociopath and like trying to explain to her, just in like you know em empathetic terms, like you know why you can't skin puppies for their pelts and like why most humans would frown upon that yeah just wear this leather <laughs> jacket instead <laughs> it reminds me just so much of a scene from 310 to yuma when the main character is explaining to his son like oh you know shooting a man and shooting a rabbit are two very different things and the bad guy just goes no it isn't not in my opinion it's the same that's Corella de Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, it. it re I just think of Mr. Burns and, like, the See My Vest song from The Simpsons. Oh, God. <laughs> Made of real gorilla's chest. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that's enough of me derailing the conversation. No, sure. no, I think that was great. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, what? so, okay, we've got Ursula. She's this... I, Which, <laughs> I mean, that's like what they call her in the I movie. What I would love is for this role to be played by a um, person who performs in drag, a drag queen. Yeah, like, a, like an authentic yeah. drag nice. performer. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I don't have anybody uh, in mind, but I mean, yeah. I know that like there's a lot of popular drag performers these days, thanks to like RuPaul's Drag Race and other, you know, media like that, that is again, like, become more popular in these years since the release of The Little Mermaid and everything. I would like to kind of update the coding and stay true to it, but also 
give somebody who is a drag performer a voice and a a starring role in the movie. Oh, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that could be really cool. Also, I would want it to be a slightly larger person as well, because Ursula is pretty round. Yeah, she's big and beautiful. Yeah, she's big and beautiful. So, you know, I kind of liked that representation. And if we're going to make her more of an anti-hero character, I'd I'd like to see that characteristic stay there. Yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't want them to change the I wouldn't want them to change the external qualities of the character. I would I would want to really stick to the embodiment of that character. So, yeah. So we're talking about the aesthetics of the character and like how they will be embodied. Yeah. Obviously, with a movie like this, you know, it's going to have to have a lot of CGI. So that's just going to be part of the having real actors in an underwater scenario. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not going to James Cameron people and almost drown them or anything. <laughs> no. Funny Definitely you mentioned not. that. James Cameron is doing that with Avatar 2 also. A bunch of it is going to be shot underwater. Of course of it course is. Of course it is. But I think Ursula is a perfect character for this sort of redemption movie as well because when ariel is first speaking to her it's just like you said jamie she's kind of confessing i used to not be that great in fact people called me well a witch right right that's what she says she's like but i've had a change of heart i changed right she says, I want to help people, the depressed and the weak, right? Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So in our retelling, she she means that genuinely. Like, I, I feel like in the original movie, she was saying that as a way to manipulate Ariel and get her to trust her. Oh, yeah, 100%. That is the way that that line is delivered in, I, in the original. I would love for her to actually mean that. Yeah, so let's let's start <laughs> at the beginning, though. Let's... Let's just kind of frame just the broad strokes scene so that we have something, you know, that we have this this build up. Okay. Mirroring parts of Maleficent, because I think that that storytelling is important, where, like, at the beginning of Maleficent, we go back to her time as a child. I think in this case, we're not going to go back that far with Ursula. Right. But I want to go to her being exiled from Atlantia. I love that. And I want to have, you know... similarly where she is going to have a reason to despise King Triton, but, and and maybe she'll lash out in some way, but it will be a redeemable way. I have an idea. Hear me out. So it's a kingdom, right? So there could be lesser princes, principalities, people of the noble class who have their own lands and holdings within the kingdom she is powerful in her own right. We don't really see any other mermaids exhibiting magical abilities like Triton does. Um, and he gets seems to get most of his magic from his artifacts, his crown and his trident. But Ursula has magic within her. Yes. She is a magical being. She naturally is able to tap into this web of energy that permeates all life, right? And so maybe he is painted as this character that feels envious of that true power that she has. Oh, yeah. And she was her a noble. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. She I had like 
her own lands and people that looked up to her as their leader. And so she would give fealty to the king or queen in charge, right? right. Like all the other nobles would. She has her own <laughs> kingdom, or I'm sorry, she has her own, like, lands, under underwater lands, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And then she is, yeah, she has to pay respects to Triton. It's not a comfortable relationship, but she does it because that's kind of the decorum. Because she has her own power source, she's able to help her lands prosper perhaps more than some of the others around her. And, you know, maybe it takes all of her energy to do so, but others come to her for help when they need certain things. So they're, they need her power, but they're also envious of her power. Yes. They're afraid of what she's capable of. Exactly. Yeah. I think that could be really good since a lot of the, well, unfortunately named peasants since a lot of the peasants rely on her power for their day-to-day -day life perhaps the prince triton is envious yeah envious and has a rivalry with her in the courts for popularity right? oh so this and, is like before he was king like okay. his father is king oh yeah and yeah, he just has like I a little imagining. fiefdom or something okay yeah nice. so when they're all young yeah so like i want to say like young adults right exactly yeah i was imagining there's some unrest with triton's king you know uh with his father and loyalties are being tested in the no in the nobility right and people are kind of, there's unrest in the kingdom. And people are kind of seeing where their loyalties oh. lie. And people are talking about how Triton is going to be the next king. And are wondering, you know, if they're willing to stick with that idea. And thinking about alternatives, which is very frowned upon, right? Treacherous. But Ursula is this magically powerful, very popular other noble figure right and triton could see her as a threat to his future as becoming the king i want to do a little addendum to your idea or sure. just a little a little editing because it goes back to what i wanted to do with this movie which was have triton kind of be a huge dick yeah because triton's kind of a huge dick already in the story so i'm thinking triton is actually planning some kind of coup against his father Nice. Ursula is actually the one who uncovers it and is going to tell Triton's father, the Poseidon. old king, Poseidon, what he's doing. But Triton has actually concocted it to make it look like Ursula is the villain. Nice. And then she's exiled unjustly by Triton. And that's going to build up by this. Poseidon. She's betrayed by Triton. She's betrayed by Triton, but you just said he tampered with the evidence and blackmailed her Ursula. or betrayed her so it looks like she was the one who was plotting against king poseidon his right, father exactly so he would probably get king poseidon to exile her and then triton would be free to just poison his father or do whatever he was going to do to grab her power exactly. once she's gone so yeah so then then we jump to the later story when ariel's around and she's always heard stories about this wicked sea witch or whatever. Right. That's why she doesn't trust her when she first meets her. 
Because again, we're framing this through Ursula's perspective, but we're going to see a little bit of Ariel's perspective. We're going to see a little bit of Triton's perspective. But Ursula is the main actor in this. You know what I would love is if um, King Triton is actually suppressing the magical abilities of certain people within his realm. Ooh, interesting. With a magical artifact he has. Like maybe yeah, a I'm certain like magical conch. Oh, good one. Something yeah. like that. And um Or like a barnacle. What Ursula's realm once she's been exiled is outside of the kingdom of Atlantia. And so, I I uh, want to uh, have her have like she's bringing in all these like quote unquote gross sea animal, you know, sea creatures that are just like other exiles. People that are exiles that they they weren't you know, proper and beautiful enough, quote unquote, to be part of Triton's kingdom. Yeah, yeah, I like and this. The, these unfortunate souls that she's taking in, she actually is helping them and creating her own community. She's kind of building her own kingdom again, almost kind of like uh, in Princess Mononoke with uh, Lady Eboshi. Yes. Yeah. yeah oh, I love like it. That. That's so cool. And when Ariel finds her there and actually starts talking to her and realizes she's not this villain like it's been made out to be, maybe Ursula sees that Ariel actually has a little bit of magical abilities herself. Ooh. And she starts to train her. I think that would be super cool. This week, Swords and Satire is sponsored in part by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. Now, I gotta tell you, Audible isn't just some company we know nothing about who wants us to show their products. Nope, all three of the satirists have been using Audible since before we even started Swords and Satire. At this point, I've got a pretty impressive collection of audiobooks that I love, and I'm always looking forward to getting my monthly Audible credits because I know I'm going to get something new to enjoy while I'm driving, working around the house, or just staring into the void waiting for Krom to call me to his great mountain. And if you head over to audible.com swords and begin your free 30-day trial, you can help fund this show and start your own audiobook collection, which might even eventually rival the stores of knowledge from the Great Library of Alexandria. Sorry, too soon? Now, since it's the spooky season, and you are definitely a film buff, since you listen to this show, you could check out Shock Value by Jason Zinneman. It's about how some of the greatest horror movies of the 1970s were made, and the influence they've had on filmmaking and our culture. Chelsea and I listened to Shock Value together and learned so much about visionary directors like John Carpenter, Wes Craven, and Brian De Palma, and it inspired us to go back and start re-watching classic horror movies like Halloween and Alien. But Audible isn't just a great source of audiobooks. Oh no. They have podcasts, like ours, comedy, original content, and more. There's something on Audible for everybody. It's also super convenient. You can download titles to your device so you can listen offline, which is really good for me because I'm often listening while working in the yard and my Wi-Fi sucks. And you can also listen across multiple devices without losing your place, which is also helpful for me because I have a bunch of different places I listen to Audible from. Are you convinced yet? 
I know you are. So head over to audibletrial.com slash swords right now to start your free 30-day trial. Get a credit for a free audio book of your choice that you get to keep even if you cancel your membership. Not that you're going to want to. You'll also get an exclusive wellness guide and an email reminder before your trial ends. And after that, it's just $14.95 a month, and you get a credit for an audiobook every month. When you sign up for your free trial, you also help us keep the torches lit at Castle Satire. So once again, that's audibletrial.com slash swords. And now, back to the episode. So how do we want to flip the other important points of the Little Mermaid on their head to to make this work with Ursula as a sympathetic character? I like the idea that, you know, the story that we know was told by Triton. So that's why Ursula is framed as a villain. So we can I think we can change it as we want. Like, obviously, we can't have Ursula like manipulating Ariel. I think she's offering her something. Maybe she has to teach her like. I can give you this opportunity, but like it's a there's a danger. You're going to have to lose your voice. It's just the way magic works. I can give you this ability, but, you know, all you need to do is find true love. And like we know from Maleficent that true love is a actual existent quantity in this universe. I think it could be interesting if, you know, Ariel is a Disney princess. She sings, of course. Maybe her magic happens through her songs. Oh, nice. I love singing that. is how the magic happens. And she perhaps maybe is a little too reliant on her magical voice to get by. Or like thinks she can just always rely on that sort of thing. Or perhaps King Triton is trying to suppress her power. And so as like a trial for a coming of age thing, perhaps Ursula's like, I'll do this for you, but you got to learn how to do things without your voice. Right. Or maybe, yeah, or that, or maybe she says you have to give up something important to you and let's, and like Ariel has the agency to say, I'll give up my voice, my, this source of power. And Ursula can be like, Whoa, Whoa, that's really dangerous. But you know, maybe it'll make the spell more powerful at the same time. Because she's giving, like, it's this idea of magic having a cost, I'm right? I'm getting a little lost. What spell are we talking about? The spell that turns Ariel into a land walker. Okay, I have an idea for why she wants to do it. Sure. She's attracted to Prince Eric. They've already met. She's already saved him. Hot. But Ursula knows about a magical artifact he has... That could unseat that could help them unseat King Triton. Nice. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I I don't know if Ariel would be ready for that yet. Like, I don't know if Ariel should like think of her father as so horrible that she would want to see him unthroned. De- uh, that she would want to see him dethroned yet. Well, it could. Uh, I could see it as like Ursula is kind of touched by seeing that Ariel has fallen in love with this land walker and showing a sort of passion and compassion that she wouldn't have thought a descendant of Triton could have, right? She kind of re-examines her personal biases and is like, oh, 
Ariel isn't her dad. She just wants to go fall in love. I'll help her out. And we got to make sure that there's a rift between Ariel and King Triton. Well, he destroy. I mean, he can destroy her collection of of land objects just like in the the original. Okay, who's it and what's it? But I think that he she should also find out like a smaller betrayal before that, where she starts to question it. Okay, is she could find out he's been sending spies out to follow her, and he confronts her about befriending Ursula. And forbids her to see Ooh, her again. Okay. Nice. And that just is going to push her farther to want to hang out with Ursula. And then when she doesn't stop, like you're saying, that's when he retaliates and destroys her safe haven with all of her objects, like you were saying. Yeah. Okay. Nice. He destroys her safe haven. So in this one, she meets Ursula a little bit sooner. Right. Right. Okay. So how would that work into what you were saying, Jack? Yeah. So she goes to Ursula. Asking for help, you know, she wants to get away. She wants to go on land and meet this hot guy, right? Yeah. That she likes. She wants to get away. She wants to walk away. Exactly. And Ursula is like, wow, she and her dad, or she really is not like her father. She wants to get away from him, and she's doing it for, uh, for potential love as well, right? Yeah. And maybe it's like you said, where there's something Eric has that she wants, right? That can help her overthrow Triton. But yeah, I she like doesn't to... have to be totally selfless. I mean, that yeah. would be. I like to imagine that she has that ulterior motive and she doesn't tell Ariel about it. That's right? fair. Like she's being compassionate, but I I think it would be kind of good for her to have this scheme as well yeah because she has to have some flaws she is an anti-hero yeah exactly yeah. she's and like, like it it is petty like it is a form of revenge that she's looking for yeah but so, like it's also very justified because triton like had her exiled mm-hmm. i i like that um i like this idea that the reason they're having to do this spell so quickly and ariel's willing to give up her voice is She's being pursued, and she's by Triton's spies. She needs to get out of the water immediately, yeah. or, or it's going to be... And so that can be Sebastian, can be the spy, yeah. the spy master. Hell yeah. Dude, that's Sebastian so is, is... That's like a classic, like, bard, spy master bard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. So she comes to Ursula in a panic. And that's why they're trying to, like, figure out this spell. And that's when she's just like, I'll I'll just give my voice. You know, it's an Mm -hmm. impulse. But it's also, again, like, it's the most powerful thing she can give. And Ursula's like, okay, like, I think it's dangerous, but that's going to make the magic that I give you way more powerful because you've given up something important. In addition, Triton has this magic artifact, which can absorb magical energies, right? Right. Maybe he can track her via her magic. Oh, so good. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, and that's so, part of how she's trying to get away. Right. She's giving up the magic, her source of her magic, so he can't follow her with whatever this magical table he has or something, a map. <laughs> <laughs> a compass. Yeah, and uh, so she has to get the fuck out. And Ursula genuinely wants to help, 
but still has that ulterior motive. You know, they, the opportunity is too good to pass up at the same yeah. time. She's not being dis. I, I, I think she's not being disingenuous. No, but at the same time, I think I don't know if she would tell Ariel about that plan. No, I don't think so. And that's when Ariel does go to the land. She's saved. She's found by Prince Eric on the beach, like in the original movie. They have these three days together where they can become closer and she can try to woo him and they kind of become friends. And that's when Ursula comes in the guise of Vanessa. But instead of trying to woo Eric, she comes to Ariel and tells her about this plan. Ah, nice. And she's saying that she wants to create a safe haven for all the people in her protection, which is true. And that's why, partly why she needs the artifact, because she probably has spies of her own, like Flotsam and Jetsam, yes. her spies. Yes. And they found out that King Triton is trying to find her hideout so that he can just kill her once and for all. And she knows that he will murder all the people that are under her care. All the people that are outcasts that have come to her for a safe haven. And so she's trying to find this artifact to save them and free the kingdom from his rule at the same time. I love it. I, I wanted to make this a partial heist movie. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that, like... At first, Eric will be mad. I think Ariel's going to want to help her. Oh, yeah, and I think so. I think that at first, Prince Eric is going to be mad. But then I think it would be amazing if he's eventually comes around and is like in on their plan and tries to help them steal this artifact from his par like his father's castle. I'm trying to work in like Eric's love of the sea and everything. And like, maybe it has something to do with like one of his boats so that he can like be captaining this boat or piloting the boat back to Triton's area. Right. Oh yes. Yes. When they tell Eric about the plan, he reject, he's ter he's shocked and terrified by it. Right. And he runs, he sails his boat. Maybe he thinks that, he should warn Triton, even, right? So he sails above the city, and he's, like, calling out. He's like, Triton, I gotta tell you something, right? And Triton comes up, he's like, so you're the one who persuaded my daughter away from me, right? Oh, shit. And then Eric's like, haha, what? And Triton <laughs> has them start trying to sink his boat and pull him under, right? Triton yeah. just immediately orders his execution on the spot. And Eric has to escape from Triton and his forces. And then he comes back. He's like, you know, you guys were right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Or maybe, no, no. Maybe this is where we get to the climactic battle. Maybe Ursula has brought Ariel following the ship and they finally catch up as Triton's giving that uh, you yeah. know, speech. He gets the item he needs from the ship. And that's where I, because I wanted to flip the ending, yeah. the ending where Ursula's mm -hmm. like doing all the evil magic. I want that to be Triton. And yeah. they're fighting oh, Triton at the sick. end. And so they're Triton's uniting. has been embiggened. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, whatever. Yeah. He's I mean, he can, he can grow huge. Sure. Big Triton. He's already like triple H shaped. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a bodybuilder merman. Um, 
but maybe his his mermaid's tail merman's tail can warp into a fist I think he just like yeah he just gets real big and he's got like the fucking uh, trident of lightning. I don't want to overlook Jack's joke <laughs> of his <laughs> merman's tail becoming a fist. Just okay. a big beefy arm that punches. Just punches the <laughs> ship. Just like punching it to pieces. And I, it can only really uppercut because it's it's the fish tail, right? Right. <laughs> it can only uppercut. He has like a, a scepter and a, a trident in his two normal arms, and then his lower arm is just uppercutting boats. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I mean, I think we can do the again, like the broad strokes. Like they fight Triton, they beat him, but they can't kill him because at the end of the movie we see Triton skulking off on his own. And like determining he's gonna write the story differently. He he's lost his magical artifacts. But yeah. he maybe he can go to the land and like go quote tell his story to humans. Right. And Ursula and Ariel are like, well, we're done. Like we can just head back and, and it's not a big deal. And you know, Eric can hang out with us. But Triton goes to human lands in human form because he's got some of his magic left. I want them to turn Eric into a merman and him to live under the sea with yeah, them. Oh, that's so that's good. good. He loves the sea. That's yeah. so perfect. It, I think it works. I love that. Yeah. And then, yeah, so Triton actually takes the human shape, goes, and then he's like, I'm gonna, you know, they may have beaten me, but I'm going to tell the story to the humans my way. He washes up on the beach and some people find him and they... They're like, what happened to you? And he's like, I'll tell you my story. Yeah, I'll tell you about the cruel sea witch who did this to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Guys, I love this. We better get Disney on the phone right now to pitch this to them. Right. Because they're going to want to, like, get us writing it, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right, guys. Well, I mean, we better get a title for this and then the tagline. But I think the title is kind of already written, right? Because we're doing this as a kind of a spiritual successor to Maleficent. This movie should be called Ursula. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Ursula and the Maleficent Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> but we do need a tagline to really draw in the audience. And it's got to be something like, you only know one side of the story or something like that. Right. Or you've heard the king's version, now hear the queen's. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. Oh, man, that works on so many levels, too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I kind of love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I kind of love the king and queen play. I think yeah, I like so that. Well. That's a good one. All right. Well, I think we got it. Yeah. So I think that'll do it for this week's Scares and Satire Rewriting History. As always, you should follow us on social media at Swords and Satire and join the Swords and Satire Facebook group. And if you want to take that extra step on supporting the show and get a few added bonuses along the way, why don't you go check us out on Patreon? Come and be a supporter for us today. At patreon.com slash swords and satire awesome 
Oh, if you have some alternate ideas about how to rewrite the Ursula from the Little Mermaid or one of the other fantasy villains, Disney villains, uh, go ahead and tweet some of your ideas at us uh, at Swords and Satire on Twitter. And until next time, keep writing your stories. <laughs>